So as we move into our song today and our prayer, I just invite you to breathe deeply, access that intelligence of the heart through the breath, that divine intuition that lives at the core of our being, grounding yourself in the energy of this moment, and planting the seed in this moment. Today we will do some releasing. We'll do a ceremony today of releasing. And so in planting that seed with you, what is it that is ready for you to, be, to release, to have a more full experience of this life, this amazing life? In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear for spirit one spirit is in this very room in this very room And so once again, as I breathe deeply, I invite, I set the intention of allowing that power and presence, that vibrational frequency of the, the Father, Mother, God presence, that principle of life, that first cause, where everything emanates from. I connect with that life, that perfect life, that that life truly is my life, your life. And so I know it gets covered over in this worldly experience. We, we enter this realm and we get distracted and we get placed in environments and situations that would, would challenge that idea. But what I know in this moment as I stand with you and the, the willingness to step into this worthiness of recognition, of oneness, is that that life is the only life. We have been given dominion over this experience to label whatever it is that comes into our experience. So I know this day is a day of transformation and transcendence for each and every one of us, that as we lift and release the next layer that is restricting this awareness at the deepest level possible, something powerful and amazing is activated that continues to work through us and for us and as us. And why I know this is true is because I set this intention this infinite divine presence can only respond to what I give it. I set this intention for vibrant health, for amazing clarity of mind and purpose, of possibility, to live a life that is dynamic and purposeful and, and an inspiration to myself, to those I love, and to the rest of the planet. And so I just give thanks for this beautiful day, knowing that we've called forth this presence and power in this presencing, centering prayer, knowing that, that life is for us, as the great teacher Jesus said, I have come so that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And I say yes to that idea. As so we stand together in the abundance and the grace and the beauty of possibility, knowing everything is in divine right order this day, in ideas, opportunities, people, places, and things, I give thanks. 
and invite you to say with me, and so it is. Awesome, awesome. Like can that Aaron sing, huh? Man. Woo. Thank you, Aaron. There she is. Thank you again. Yeah. Been great too. Like I said at the first service, I'm ready to go home now after hearing that. But it is, it lifts us up. You know, isn't it amazing how the, the sound, sounds lift us up? Even Alexander in this, we've been using his two books this month, Map of Heaven, Proof of Heaven. And, you know, it's his experience of, of having uh, bacterial meningitis, his entire um, neocortex shutting down. That's the thinking part of the brain. It's the largest part of the brain. And, all, and, and yet he had these experiences that, were, that transformed his life. He went from being very linear and scientific to all of a sudden realizing that there's something, there's something more expansive and possible and beautiful. And he said the interesting thing was when he came back from that experience, they said he would never recover and he probably won't survive. And he came back from all of it and recovered all of his capacities, which is just an amazing thing, I think, in terms of how we measure statistically probabilities. But he said one of the things that happened for him is as, as he came back and he started to reflect on the experience, it became clearer and clearer and clearer to him. And so I thought, isn't that interesting? Because sometimes we'll have experiences and then they fade. And he talked about the clarity that kept bubbling up for him. So we're talking about planting seeds of mindfulness this month and, and planting the seed today. We've talked about, you know, uh, uh, preparing the soil. We've talked about selecting the crop and all of those things are sort of uh, ways of, of um, initiating um, an awareness within us about what is possible, what's bubbling up for me, what would I like to experience? Because the great thing about what we teach here is we teach spirituality and consciousness. And we honor all the traditions. And, we, and when we say that, we do our best. You'll see some of the banners on the walls of people. And so when people come in, they go, oh, okay, I see what these people are about. Or I see what these people are about and, and run back out the door. But either way, it's a good thing. But spirituality and consciousness. So, you know, today is such a day of, uh, for me, it's, it's such gratitude and joy. I was sharing that uh, when I, I did the meditation this morning, and when I was doing the meditation at the end of it, when it was coming out, we do meditation at 9.40 each uh, Sunday, and if you haven't experienced it, it's beautiful. But anyway, I, got, I had the opportunity to uh, preside this morning. And while, when I was coming out of the meditation, um, this song, In the Silence, kept bubbling up for me. I thought, you know, should I sing it? I, no, no, don't go crazy now. Just, it's just an idea. Just because you have an idea doesn't mean you have to act on it, but this In the Silence by Jack Fowler. And so we done with the meditation. I thought, well, that's good. And, I, you know, and I'm on with my, my stuff I'm doing to get ready. And, and all of a sudden, I sit down, and, and then our congregational song, one of them is in the silence. And I thought, whoo. And for me, it's those little, those little synchronicities that, that are not accidents. It's really an indication. Look, I've, you know, I, I do all the, my, my spiritual practice so I can show up here as clean as possible. And clean as possible means that I don't show up with an agenda and I don't show up with issues and I don't work my stuff out on the, the platform that, that there's, a, there's a, a body of, of, of information and an experience that I want to help support. And so uh, I have to tell you that sometimes that hasn't always happened. But that's my, that's my uh, intention. So it was beautiful. To, and it was just confirmation for me to, to say, yeah, we're, we're here guiding, directing, supporting what you need. Because when in this book, this beautiful book, Map of Heaven, I reread a, a great deal of it yesterday, he talks about the gifts of heaven, Ibn Alexander from Map of Heaven. He says, these gifts are the benefits that come when we open ourselves to the single greatest truth that those before us knew. Because what happened when we started measuring things, science came along. And the beautiful thing is, what, one of the things I love about this book, Dr. Holmes wrote in 1926 that I, I foresee the day when science and religion will walk hand in hand. And he came up with the science of mind, which is probably 
it, the title is what the title is, but he was talking about our capacity and how we think. And our thinking is always impressing upon this infinite intelligence a certain idea. And there's results that come out of that experience. But it can, they're only, the, the results that show up are based on the subjective nature of who and what we are. But it always says yes. He continues, there is a larger world behind the one that we see around us every day. The larger world loves us more than we can imagine. And it is watching us at every moment, hoping that we will see hints of it in the world around us, that it is there. And you know, for me, spiritual practice is, is quieting that mind long enough so that I can listen and pay attention to it. And many times our minds get so busy, so part of his practice, even Alexander, since coming back from this experience that changed everything for him, and as he says in the introduction of Map of Heaven, that all the great scientists got to a certain point where they're trying to measure this quantum field, and he said what they were all guided to was mysticism, because it's not, you can't describe all of it. There's a level of it that is not measurable in, in the ways that we've measured, although the measurement tools are getting more sophisticated. And he's talking about, you know, that, that so many for so long have understood this. And now we're kind of going full circle again. You know, here's this beautiful man, Ernest Holmes, and many of the great mystics and avatars that came along that said, it's not measurable, it's this unseen mystery and all that stuff. And, and so many faith traditions speak to that. And yet for the people that are uh, deductive in how they come to conclusions, they needed the, to measure it. So it's a beautiful, beautiful thing that we are celebrating. I, I think the reason that there's so much of this information available to us now is because the consciousness collectively is ready for it. There's a place for it to land. So he has three questions in the, in the introduction of this book. He said, number one, that we all want to know. Who are we? Where did we come from? And where are we going? Anybody interested in that besides me? And what Dr. Holmes would say is that who we are is you know, we are that eternal presence of spirit uh, seeking expression upon this planet. And, and we see it in all the great sacred traditions. All the sacred traditions speak to this, this connection with life at the, at the depth of their being, at the depth of their teaching, of their de- understanding. You know, people come along and they have a mystical experience. And, you know, a few thousand years ago when you had the mystical experience, the next thing you know, you were creating a religion. You know, one of the great things about Christianity is that is that the synchronicity of what happened, because up until the point where Jesus was, was given, had taken birth and this amazing life, and Dr. Holmes said it's the most amazing thing that's ever happened on the planet. He used to say, I'm Christian and more, because he, he understood the, the commonality, the oneness of all tradition. And, 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 I, and I, love that, uh, I love that position that he took on that, because I think it is, I don't think our spirituality and the, and the camp and the tribe that we live in should be creating war. But it's a popular idea among a small uh, uh, percentage. Very popular idea. But this, this commonality of purpose is commonality of life. So this morning, what I want to do is I want to share with you, we did a little bit of it on our Wednesday night uh, uh, meditation. We did a John of God meditation in here with a group of people that had gone with us to John of God, and it was quite beautiful. It was amazing, as a matter of fact. And so you've been given a piece of flash paper when you came in. And part of what my journey has been, and I'm sure it's true for you as well, is I've had life experiences, I've had conclusions that I've reached about myself. And if you don't have a piece of uh, flash paper, let us know, we'll get you one. Kathy Long has some, I have some up here as well. But we're gonna light these candles up here today. And uh, you are so funny. Go ahead. 
Dale stayed, Dale, uh, let's give Dale a hand today. He's our number one candlelighter. Thank you, Dale. Dale also wants me to tell you that he did not know that Erin, her second number, will be with the ukulele, and he did not wear his Hawaiian shirt in celebration of that. So I think you're covered now, buddy. But, but anyway, you've been given a piece of flash paper. And the flash paper is simply a metaphor, but I think it's powerful when we actually move and our prayer and our spiritual practice has a kinesthetic value. We, we retain more of it. And so what it is, is the opportunity to write down, and some people, can, you can write down on this if you'd like, and if you don't have a pen, it's okay, you can hold it as a metaphor. But what bubbles up for so many of us is doubt. Anybody here ever experienced doubt? One, two, three, four, five, six, perfect, we've got enough people here, awesome. But, but we doubt. I think it's easy to doubt that, that we, are, we, are, we do come from source. That we are loved, as, as even Alexander said in this beautiful narrative of his experiences, that we are loved beyond measure. Loved, love, love, resource. That we are surrounded by the smoke of spirit. And, I, and, and when I went to Abhijani with John of God, that was so reinforcing for me, they said, you know, you have, you have hundreds of unseen forces, this, these light workers around you, each and every one of us. Each and every one of us. And the way their souls continue to evolve is to be of service to us. But they can, only, they can only assist us if we ask. And not a day goes by where I'm not in gratitude for their support and, and, and uh, reinforcing that belief. Even Alexander talks about the power of centering prayer. Centering ourselves in the oneness of life to ground ourselves in this beautiful energy. And so I want, to th- I want you to think a bit about this the releasing ceremony in terms of an ideal and experience, because I think we prepare the soil, we peck the crop, and I think it's, it's, a, it's a, a way of being for myself, more so than a, a specific result. So if I'm, I'm searching for pe- perhaps financial abundance, at the, at the deeper level of that, what it represents for me is, is freedom and peace of mind. That the quality that I'm seeking is freedom and peace of mind, because if, if obtaining something in the physical form looks like the goal, then there's probably a good chance that there'll never be enough. We'll never be able to obtain enough. And the paradox is, is when we embody the consciousness of the thing, the freedom and the, and the relief and the peace of mind that goes with it, we create the feeling tone, we create the consciousness that allows the thing to show up. Do you see what I'm saying? So our wanting and longing and striving really is, a, is an indication to that higher wisdom self that lives within each and every one of us that we don't have. So when we can stand in gratitude for what we do have, which seems, oh, you, know, you, know, you, don't, you don't know how little my experience is of what I do have, I get that. That's that ego, that's that little mind that works on us. But when we can find something in our lives that create that feeling tone, all of a sudden the opening shows up and paradoxically then our experience shifts and changes. And so what I'm inviting you today is to think about the ideal, the feeling tone of what it feels like, the experience itself, which is much more valuable for our DNA, to set the intention. Even Alexander says, set an intention when you go into meditation. Circulate gratitude and put that still small voice to the side. Those are his three practices. Circulating gratitude, allowing, allowing. Boy, that's a, that's a tough one, isn't it? Allowing. Because I did my prayer work. Uh, where is it? Uh, and I think what it is is understanding that all of us have been given this amazing experience of life, all of it designed for awakening. 
There's a wonderful Sufi teacher. Oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you the Sufi story. I'll tell you right now. So I want to just circulate some joy and some lightness in the room while we give because I think we should do this in joy. So wonderful. Yeah, I love the Sufis. The Sufis are the lovers of God in the Muslim tradition. And so if you've ever read a poem by Rumi, it's, he's a Sufi. And Hafez is a Sufi. And these guys are the lovers of God. And I love the Sufi tradition. They all have a, a, they all have a purpose in life and a job in life other than being Sufis. So doctors, I mean, they're, they're really well-educated. And many of these, these, uh, these uh, Islamic mystics created the Sufi tradition. And there's a tradition that I'm very familiar with. Laura and I have gone a couple times and, and uh, done meditations with a fellow by the name of Llewellyn Von Lee. And he's an Englishman. And his center is the Golden Sufi Center uh, in Point Reyes, California. His teacher was a woman by the name of Irina Tweedy. She, had, at a certain point in time, handed the baton off to him. And, and their, their tradition that, that Irina, Irina brought to the West, because she was a Russian, she married a British naval officer, lived in London for many, many years. He passed away, and she went on a, on a quest to find her teacher. And she discovered the Nazbandi Sufis, the, the silent Sufis. So they, their meditation is always silent. And their practice, which many times you'll hear me allude to, is taking whatever bubbles up for you and dissolving it into the heart of unconditional love. I love that meditation. So simple. Because I don't know about you, but when I meditate, a lot of times thoughts come into my awareness. Has anybody ever been direct, uh, uh, distracted by a thought in a meditation? Yeah. <laughs> Over here, a few people. Yeah. So what you do with a thought is you just dissolve it into a heart of unconditional love, and in that dissolving, what we do is we give it back to God to have it transformed into something more powerful and potent. I love that. It's so simple. But anyway, uh, Irina Tweedy, and this was an amazing woman. Uh, she wrote the book of her five years of spiritual practice that brought her to her awakening. And it's an amazing book, and it's a big tome. But she had this quote I found that I thought was, was valuable for today. She said, the value of doubt is, who or what is doubting? Who or what is doubting? And the answer is, it's always the ego. Always the ego. The little self is a covering on your higher self. The grace of the teacher will activate those doubts in you in order that you should see the light. So a lot of our great teachers will come along and they'll activate the doubt within us. That's such a powerful tool. How does it activate? How can we see the light better through doubt? Doubts are obstacles. To overcome the obstacle, you, you, you will make an effort and progress. Doubts are extremely helpful. Doubt is power. It is an energy you have to overcome. It's like a frontier, like an obstacle, and you have to jump over it. That's why my teacher said you have to write it down, all the doubts. It will help people. So when we bring awareness to our doubts, all of a sudden we can go to work on them and dissolve them. And what I would suggest to you is all of us carry doubt. You know, this, this, this sense of I'm not connected, that I'm not loved, I'm not resourced, whatever it may be, all of us carry those doubts. I can't do this thing. That, my, that, that I've never experienced it, it's never been successful, so how, how can it be successful now? But isn't it amazing how it's set up for us? Because we take, we take life years, even Alexander's, that we come into this life and that filter, what the mind does is it, it takes that, that mystical filter that all of us have and it puts it down to a trickle. So when we, hear, when we hear spiritual truth or we're inspired a bit, it's just a little bit for the most part. And then, of course, some people have a near-death experience and all of a sudden the, the lid is blown off and all of a sudden they, he comes back. He said, most of the Catholic saints, and I was raised a Catholic, but most of the Catholic saints had a near-death experience. And they would come back, for the most part, everyone that had the experience would come back and realize, I have a purpose with my life and I'm here to be of service to God. And they also understand that God lives within each and every one of us. 
That is where the, the source of all life. Rumi said it. Rumi said that all of us are the body of Mary waiting to give birth to the Christ. All of us are the body of Mary waiting to give birth to the Christ. So I believe that's who we are, and I believe that's why we've come to this time and space. And we have people that do things on the planet that are really, really lousy at times. Last week I talked about those people marching, those million people marching. And for me, and it was reinforced, I heard, um, I watched the Golden Globes, love, being an old actor, I'm always like watching that stuff and fascinated by it. And I watched George Clooney get up and receive this Lifetime Achievement Award, and he said, you know, and I agree with him that, that we stood up and I stand with him, that my life will not be uh, influenced by fear. Because fear is such a popular idea. And it's a, it's a deeper and more charged form of doubt. And so I, I, I love that, because the, the, the sum total of people on this planet are amazing. There's so many good things happening. There's just such a small percentage of, of people that are acting in ways that are aberrant and, and that would reflect evil upon the planet. Holmes said that evil will always exist as long as people believe in it. So it's not that it, it's, but it doesn't have to be part of our experience. And to have the consciousness and awareness to look at it and say, look, I see that happening, I don't agree with it, and it does not represent me. Because I'm about the business of this. I'm about the business of giving the, uh, the, the Christ consciousness within myself uh, a voice and an opportunity for expression. You know, it's like when someone sings a beautiful song. Is that not the most beautiful thing possible? Or someone creates a, a thing of beauty. My whole, you know, I've done, I have, I'm, I'm an old carpenter. And I look back now on all the beautiful things that I built over the years for people. And, and for me, it was the, I, I gave it everything I had and I loved it because for me, it was like, it was a celebration of things. I love that tactile experience. I love building. I love creating something new. I, since I was a little kid, you want to know what your life purpose is? Find, figure out what you did when you were a little kid. When I was a little kid, man, if I could find two boards to nail together, I was building something. Dad, can I use the hammer? And see, the problem was my dad and I, we never negotiated where the tools went after I got done working. So he'd go look for the hammer, and of course the hammer was out in the field where I'd been doing my stuff. And he would never come up to me and say, you know, where's the hammer? I'm looking for the hammer. He would just start hollering and screaming and slapping, and I would run as fast as I could. We never negotiated. It would have been great, you know, to get a little bit of training and coaching on I was so happy I got the two boards nailed together, and who needs to put the hammer back? But I get that now. And my dad didn't have that, he didn't have that skill set. He taught by osmosis. And my intuitive levels were not that sharp at that point in time. <laughs> so anyway, getting back to the Sufi story I was going to tell you. So Nasruddin is a Sufi uh, clown. that He's in many stories and he represents the trickster and he represents the, the clown, as I said. And so he, he's selling uh, mules one day in the bazaar. So he's down every day selling donkeys. Not, not every day, just the weekends, just like the swap meet downtown on 104th, you know? Anyway, he's selling donkeys, and he's selling donkeys at a price that no one can compete with. So after, like, a month of this, one of the, the head donkey salesmen walks over and says, Nazrudin, how are you doing this? How are you selling donkeys at this price? He said, I got to tell you, because this is how I've been doing it for years. He said, I, I, um, I pretty much stole the money, the, the land away from my brothers and sisters when my father died. So I have the, all this land. And he said, on that land, I rent it to peasants. And they, make, and they grow the grain that feeds my donkeys. And he said, and then they take care of the donkeys. So I don't have to do anything. I got the land where the donkeys live. I got the land where the grain is grown. And I've got the people taking care of the donkeys. And I show up every weekend to sell donkeys. And I cannot compete with your price and make money. And, and uh, Nasruddin said, well, he said, here's the deal. 
you stole the land, you steal the grain, and you steal the labor. He said, I'm just stealing donkeys. <laughs> now, that's a funny story as long as you don't own the donkeys, if you know what I mean. But I love that story. Yeah, well, it's simple. But, you know, the, but, but I think the Sufis get it as well. That what we activate in our lives when we activate joy is it lightens us up. So we do releasing. You know, people were leaving and they were asking me where they can get books of flash paper because they want to do it every day. But what I'm going to invite you to do, and we've lit, we have lit these candles. So we're going to go full circle with this. Now, here's the deal, too. We're going to take our time. There's no running. There's no racing. But just take your time to come up. Be mindful with it. Grab your, your piece of flash paper. And what is it that you would like to release? What we had happen when we did this the first time, some of the candles went out. So we had to relight candles, which is not a bad thing either. It just slows us down. What I think it is, is the angels of God's presence within this room blowing the candle out for, so we can think a bit more. Because maybe the person behind you isn't ready to really release. Maybe we need a few more seconds. Whatever it is, but to prepare ourselves in a way that is powerful and wonderful. To stand in faith. See, all we have to do is show up. For me, this is, this is my saying to this infinite divine presence that is guiding and directing me in the large and small ways. I'm ready for more. I'm opening myself. I'm putting something down that is restricting that relationship in any way, shape, or form. Coming into a more sacred relationship with the infinite presence. And for people, as even Alexander said in his book, you know, people that die that were Christian, they'll see Jesus at times. People that die that, that are Muslim will see Allah. But, you know, it, it, it's, it's so contingent upon consciousness. So what tradition is the right tradition? The right tradition is what you hold near and dear in your heart. As they said, the John of God experience, love God as you know God. And that's a principle. It's not a personality. So I'm going to invite you. I'm going to set an intention for everyone as I... Here, I'll, I'll demonstrate what this looks like, too. This flash paper goes fast. In fact, Carolyn threw hers at me when she did it through the first service. I thought that was very endearing. Thank you. Anyway, when it lights, it goes like that. You want to let go of it <laughs> at some point. I would recommend letting go of it when it starts on fire. <laughs> so you'll see it like this, and you can lift your hand up and go like that, and that's good. And if you th throw it at me, I'll duck for sure. But it goes very fast. It's a great metaphor for what it is we want to release. You know, in pilgrimages, in pilgrimages, like I just watched Walk in the Camino, we went over to Garno and saw that movie. You know, it's this long walk of, of releasing and, and introspection and spiritual practice. We have the labyrinth on the floor. First Friday of every month, we walk the labyrinth. It's the journey. So your journey here doesn't have to be miles and miles and miles, but your journey, you've come a long way. And you've carried doubt and uncertainty. You, you, have, you have agreements, I know you do, as I do, with struggle and lack and limitation, that there's not enough, that it seems impossible, that you've carried for years as I have. So as you make this pilgrimage to this light, understand the pow power and the potency of collectively coming together and lightening the load. And knowing and setting the attention with thee that it'll, it will never have the influence and the weight in your experience ever again that we lift the next layer. And that's the journey. It would be great if it all happened in the twinkling of an eye, but what's the great learning in this next opening for me and for you? And the potency to understand who we are, where we've come from and where we're going. Our success is guaranteed. We just make all this crazy stuff up along the way. So let's lighten that load. So I set this intention and know for each person as I light this flash paper 
that something powerful and potent is alive within this, this community this day, that we lighten things that perhaps we don't even know, but we don't have to know. Let us just stand together and know that love is possible in a deeper and more powerful way, that abundance is ours to, to, to experience and to share and to give expression to, a creativity and opportunity for a life that works for everyone. We are here to celebrate life together, celebrate God by means of our own personal lives, this Father, Mother, God, this divine presence, this principle. And so it is, as I light this paper on behalf of each one of myself. So I'm going to invite you to take your time to come on forward, ready to lighten that burden that you've been carrying. Light your paper. Beautiful. Beautiful. So it creates a lightness for us in our beingness. It's really about a beingness. There's a wonderful story about a, uh, a Western businessman that had heard of an amazing guru and he wanted to go study with him and he, he saved his money and he created a schedule where he could finally get there after a few years and he finally was uh, in line to see the guru and he got up to the, because he knew there was a message for him, there was something for him to hear and he got up to the, the this teacher that he admired and revered and the teacher looked at him and said, lighten up. Just lighten up. So how can we carry our lives lightly? How can we allow? You know, even Alexander said that one of the things he knows about accessing this divine realm is allowing. And there's a, there's a playfulness around that. There's, a, there's an ease and a grace that, that allows us to access that more and more. So with, with us releasing today collectively and, and energetically, it's a powerful experience where that power and presence can have greater access for us and through us and as us. As even Alexander said, these gifts are the benefits that come when we, are, we open ourselves to the single greatest truth that those before us knew. There's a larger world behind the one we see around us every day. The larger world loves us more than we can imagine. And it is watching us at every moment, hoping that we will see hints in the world around us that it is there. So when a, when a thought comes to mind or a song comes to mind for me, for me it's a recognition of my connection with that infinite divine intelligence informing and instructing. You know, when things happen, the people, I'll think of people during the week and then you show up. And it's just fascinating. I mean, it's just like, and so for me, is it, does it change the world and does it change? No, but it changes me because I realize, oh, there, there's that divine guidance. But it's a voice that is not as familiar to me as that little voice is in my head. And so it's just celebrating and say, yeah, that's for me. Thank you so much for guiding me in this. And if you can guide me in something so small, I know that your guidance and direction is there in all ways. There's a wonderful story in the, in the introduction of the book that Eben Alexander talks about. There's two stories. Because this book is really about people writing their near-death experiences. And this woman wrote and said, you know, 30 years ago I had a near-death experience. But it wasn't mine, it was my mother's. And she said her mother was, was in hospice and ready to make her transition and she said, I was out in the yard, and, and she said, I was getting ready to fly from Akron, Ohio to New Jersey, where my mother was in the hospital. But she said, I was out in the backyard um, making plans, and she said, as I was standing in the yard, she said, all of a sudden, this, this energy went right through me. And she said, it passed through me three times, and it was the most amazing, incredible experience I've ever had in my life. She said, I've never forgotten it. And she said, I went inside the house because I knew that something significant had happened. 
She said, I, was, I sensed that my mother had made a transition. And she said, within 10 minutes, her sister, who was with her mother in New Jersey at the facility, called to say, Mom has passed away. And she said, I just need to let you know how impactful that was. He writes about in this book about how people that are with a loved one that are making their transition will actually have the near-death experience with them. That energetically, sometimes we go together. So what I know about that, it just speaks to me of oneness. It speaks to me of that non-local, that quantum field where, where a lot of scientists finally had to put down how they measure and move into mysticism. We're a mystical teaching. We teach spirituality and consciousness. It's not that we discount anyone's faith tradition because we honor all of them because we're all at a certain point of understanding the divinity. But I think that we miss the point and we, we, we sell ourselves short and one another short when we do not recognize the, the potential and the possibility of the Christ that lives within each and every one of us. And that's what our tradition is based on. And there's nothing, there's nothing crazy about that or strange or weird about that. It's just simply who we are. Giving birth to that. We've always been, we'll always be. And we've come here to fall asleep in times and to create the doubt so that we can, we can bring mastery to that. Because as we expand and grow... The infinite expands and grows. Because God's life, the goddess life, that principle of life is our life. Dr. Ernest Holmes said, the last slide I want to share with you today is that principle is not bound by precedent. And I love this quote by Holmes because what it is is what has gone before does not necessarily determine what's going to come. What, 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 what is going to show up in our experience is what we decide. That's a beautiful thing to know, isn't it? Isn't it great to know that we're not stuck? Our work is to do our own work in our own consciousness to unravel that, to have enough spiritual practice, enough grounding in the connection with spirit so that we are open to the possibilities and the awarenesses and to look at back in our lives and say, what brings me to life? You know, since I was the smallest boy, as I shared, I love building things. And I have carried that theme throughout my life. And now I'm about the business of building consciousness. And I love that. It gives me something to dive into and say, wow, isn't this great? Look what's showing up now. This is a wonderful opportunity. So we don't have, we don't have problems. We have projects. We don't have obstacles. We have opportunities. And that is the shift in consciousness. And we start to make that agreement, all of a sudden the resources that support us in moving through that and jumping over it, as Irina Tweedy said, become more and more prevalent in our lives. So let's ground this awareness today in this knowing that I know that we've come together today, we've answered the call, this divine presence and spark that lives within each and every one of us. And so in gratitude and appreciation, knowing that even more is seeking expression in my attention and awareness, I open myself to this. And all of this required in this moment is agreement. Nothing to do, just simply what, what is the, what's the what? To live in beauty and grace and peace and abundance and harmony. We don't need to know the how. This infinite divine intelligence will guide us step by step, moment by moment. What is mine to release and make room for what is mine to embrace, I stand ready, willing, and able. To know that we are eternal. That what other people think of us is none of our business. And those limiting ideas we think about ourselves, we continue to release. So I just give thanks this day for the beauty and the grace, the transformation and the transcendence that is taking place here and now and continues to be active and alive in each and every one of our consciousness from this point forward. For this I give thanks. And together we say, and so it is.